Hey everyone, my name is Yves. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Fieldwire. We're a construction management software startup based in San Francisco, California. Today, our guest is James McQuaid. James is the director of systems and productivity at Erigo. Erigo is a fit-out contractor headquartered in the Republic of Ireland. Welcome, James. Hi, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure, James. Maybe we could start this discussion with the story of Erigo. I mean, it's quite a success story, I think, in the last... 10 years, you almost 10x in size to reach over 100 million in revenue. Tell us how that happened. Yeah, it is a pretty good success story. Whenever I arrived in the company, I suppose it was tail end of the recession in 2012. At that point, we had sort of, in Ireland, there was the thing called the Celtic Tiger that people talk about, which was a real boom period economically, which obviously 2008 was the end of that period. So it was a long and hard period for, I suppose, four or five years, at least for construction specifically, it was probably the hardest or one of the hardest industries in the whole out of all industries. So, yeah, I came off in off the back of that, where the company, I suppose, we had done well to survive up to that point, but it wasn't much left over after that, I suppose. And many companies didn't make it through at all. But my role coming from a big four accounting firm before that, and I had no prior experience in construction, but I had an awareness that within construction, I suppose it was a little bit behind other industries in terms of process and technology adoption. So strong processes was probably the first thing I looked at. And we didn't really have a good handle on understanding profitability of projects. So that was one of the first things we looked at. What projects are we actually making most money on? In order to form, I suppose, the growth strategy. And that sort of, we did see a big shift coming then. Predominantly at that point, we were working in Ireland, but we did see very quickly that the market was starting to pick up a lot quicker in the UK. So we really refocused our efforts to sort of winning a lot of work in the UK. And that's where 70% of our turnover is today even. So yeah, probably profitability on projects by sort of region and by sector and by customer even was a big focus at the start. And yeah, that was one of the sort of key indicators was profitability. But we obviously, if you're growing that much, you know, at that point, banks weren't very helpful for any construction companies. So we didn't get any cash injections or any help from banks at that point. And it was all organic growth. We had to really manage cash very tightly. So cash was a very, very strong focus as well. And I suppose we're not a very contractually aggressive company. We like to work almost form partnerships with our customers because we just feel it's far more productive and, and collaborative if that happens. So yeah, making sure that we don't let ourselves get to the situation where it invites a contractual situation or that there's too much of a gap between the work we've completed versus the payment in the bank. So those sorts of small basic things were definitely the stepping stones to our growth. And, and I think we just executed them very well, I suppose. So the subject of... Uh controls is often really important. As you just said, you know, like when you're growing like that and self-financing on cash, it's really critical that you're actually just generating enough profits to finance that growth. It's a very different model than what we do here in Silicon Valley, where venture capitalists are just fronting the money for an increasing share of the company. So how do you make sure that you're consistently hitting those profitability thresholds on all your projects while you're growing that fast? We've gone through an evolution on that front. I suppose it started off with monthly reporting, understanding month on month how we're performing and trying with one eye on, on the month in hand or the month coming up to understand, you know, what we thought we were going to do. But we've kind of brought that to the point now where we, we use Fieldwire, we'll say, from an operations perspective to plan work and understand what work is completed. But off the back of that, we've automated a lot of reporting to try and figure out are we winning or losing on a weekly basis and are we planning to win or lose next week? Because a lot of times, you know, companies across a lot of industries maybe spend too much time focusing on the historic stuff not enough time on what's coming up and i think that is critical in our industry and we are blessed i suppose that we do have a lot of good project managers site managers who are strong at sort of planning and thinking ahead 
not to say that we can't get better. We can always get better on that front, and we're trying to get better on that front. But definitely that sort of understanding very quickly whether you're winning or losing. Again, it goes back to that client relationship. If if that isn't the case, and if it's something outside of our control that's impacting our profitability, then you know we'll have to flag it to the main contractor as early as possible because not only will our costs go up, but their costs will go up as a result. You know, we always look at ourselves first, though. You know, we know that seventy percent of our improvements need to come from within. It's not about going after blaming other people for our mistakes. We need to look at ourselves first and understand through our own data how we're performing. I always like. And I hear the word like good contracts, not being overly aggressive on contracts, which usually brings you good clients, which gives you a chance to do good projects as well. So what I'm hearing is good contracts, good planning, good execution. When I was in London last time, I got to meet a few of the project managers from Ergo. And one of the really impressive things that you were doing with Fieldwire was bringing that profitability in the day-to-day. And so by that, I mean, very often we see contractors realize too late that they're off their profitability target because they were basically unable to evaluate how far off they were. And I think almost from what I heard from your project managers is that on a day-to-day basis, they know whether their project is trending well on profitability or not. Can you talk to me a bit more about that? Yeah, so we put a fair amount of work in at at pre-construction stage to try and understand a job from the bottom up. We don't go top down at that stage. So by doing that, it allows us to sort of track on a daily or weekly basis, we use a measure called CPI, Cost Performance Index, which is essentially your value of work divided by your cost. So yeah, you can use that measure to understand if a wall has a, an allowance of 10 man days, you know, and you spend 10 man days, your CPI is once so you're on budget. But you can use that same measure for one wall or one floor plate or a whole project or a whole region or the whole company. So it's good to have a common language that we can all sort of relate to. Or when we ask, are we winning or losing on labor? It's always CPI for us, you know, and having the ability to quickly figure out you know, where we're at with that is very important. Yeah, and so if I understand correctly, in your schedule, the way you factor it is that as long as you meet the schedule, that profit margin is already factored in that schedule. So as long as you just stay on schedule, you know that you're making your profit margin. If you slide, you know that you start losing a bit of profit, right? Yeah, that's it. And I suppose it's also acknowledging the fact that construction projects change on a daily basis. So. You know, the work is the work. If we think it's going to take 80 mandates to do something and the schedule changes, whether that means we have to do that work quicker or over a longer period, we have to be able to flex our manpower to suit. And doing that on 30 to 40 projects continuously is sort of the big challenge is to try and, you know, always have the finger on the pulse as to what each project needs and make sure that we're aligning that resource adequately. Um, And that can't happen unless you plan and communicate very well with each other. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, I've seen Erigol expand geographically quite a bit, like from Ireland to the UK and now like to other countries in Europe. Have you looked at expanding past kind of like the traditional positioning, which is interior fit up to other markets or other things that make fit up like a very unique market for you? For example, it could be the fact that it's very precise in how you can forecast the work that makes you perform in here and that makes you not want to go into other risky areas. We have ventured into facades over the last three years, four years. We're performing already very strongly in that market. But geographically, yes, we're, we're operating across maybe eight countries at the moment, something like that, mostly around Central Europe and, and Western Europe. So geographically, I think now because of the way we're trying to use technology, I think more and more we're getting to the point where we could operate anywhere. I mean, we did do a project in India actually back in 2011, I think they started that project and we finished it maybe three or four years later. Now, we were still using basic technology then, but even we could do that 
much more reliably going forward with the way we're going. So in a sense, we can keep doing what we're doing in any jurisdiction is one aspect, but we have also plans in place to go into the offsite construction arena. And I think that's something I was doing as well, because again, back to our sort of our ability to come up with cost-effective solutions, value engineering for our clients has made us realize that we're actually quite good at that type of thinking. So it'll lend itself naturally to try and sort of get into a more planning production environment. And we do have expertise in the company that have come from different walks of life. And some of those are in sort of manufacturing and that kind of thing. And that is one of the things that we're looking at in the short term. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think you have one of the most practical approach to problem solving, whether it's technology, whether it's how you guys plan or schedule that I've seen in a while. I don't know if it's Irish or if it's just the culture of the company, but it's very, very impressive. Talking about doing well, I think you guys are up for an award in Ireland, right? That's right. Yeah. One of our owners, Cormac McCloskey, he's up for Ernst Young Entrepreneur of the Year. So obviously it's a very prestigious award and I think it might be November time possibly that the winner is announced. But yeah, I think Cormac, you know, he's himself and Damien trainer on the company and they've led it from day one and they're still as hands-on as they ever were. So I think in terms of innovation, I think we are seen as innovative in our industry and now it's obviously coming from outside of our industry that people are seeing that we're innovative. So it's always good to be part of that, you know. And that's one of the most important things is that this is Entrepreneur of the Year, not for just construction across kind of like the broad swaths of companies in the industry. And I know that at Fieldwire, we strive to be a great startup, not just a construction startup. And so that's good because we're all competing for talent across many industries and you get a look outward sometimes. Yeah, we probably have ideas on a daily or weekly basis about new things we could do. So it is it is about trying to restrain ourselves and prioritize the things that we once we think about it, we have to decide which ones are most important and which ones fit into our short-term plan. Obviously, you know, financial commitments are another aspect to it. So I suppose I've spent now nearly eight years in Arigal and prior to that, my only full-time job was with a big four currency firm. So I can definitely feel like, you know, we move at the times quite quickly. We're not bureaucratic in any sense and we're definitely very pragmatic, as you mentioned earlier. I think we're, that's one of the key words for us is just pragmatism and, and getting on with it, really. Uh, it probably is an Irish thing, you know, we tend to be quite straight talking and just get on with things. We don't tend to wait around for things to happen. Arigal, I would say a bias for good execution. And once again, James uh, was my guest today. Thank you very much, James. Amazing talking to you as usual. And we wish Arigal a continued success over the next few years. Thanks, guys. Cheers. All right. Thanks, James. Thanks.